Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. Got with me today, the usual suspects. Scott and Eric. Let's check in with uh, Scott because I know Eric's got some stuff to to talk about. So Scott, what do you got? Anything going on today? I started painting the house today, the inside of the house, and I was not looking forward to it. And um, uh, we're going with agreeable gray. And I got to say so far, it looks pretty freaking good. It's very agreeable. Okay, so I have to cut in here. Agreeable gray is like what most builders and contractors put in homes when they're flipping them or anything. It's a super popular gray color. Like it's, 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 a, and it, it's popular because it's a nice color. <laughs> so I'm trying to trim, trim up under our bar and stuff, but I stood up too fast and I hit the back of my head. You can't see it. It looks like goose egg. And I, I swore I thought I was having a stroke because I banged my head and, and I mean, it swole up like about this much. I mean, I was, I was like, oh crap. I just got a concussion. This really sucks. So, I mean, dizzy, nauseous, the headache, the whole thing. And I was like, of course I went in and played some Fortnite and uh, relaxed for a little bit and then back up and, and finished the, well, halfway through the living room. My way of that not happening is hire painters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I ain't into uh, $4,000, 4,500 bucks to paint the inside of my house. I'm, uh, I, yeah. I, w- I would never hire a painter. I mean, I can paint. Oh yeah. I mean, no, who can't I, paint? It's not you can't paint is my time is more valuable. Oh, than gotcha. Doing that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what you got going on? Uh, hey, so apologies to the end of the last episode, which hasn't aired yet, but I abruptly cut out yeah. because my my internet went out. Just we thought you out. were like, I'm done with it. Yeah, yeah no, we I was thought just you were just off and just hung up. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't. I'm, I was trying to think who the guest was because I was about to say, no, the guest pissed me off, and I just wanted to hang up. But no, it, that, that wasn't the reason. Um, who was? Yeah. Who was? Who was the guest? I can't remember. Honestly, oh, it was Alex. Remember. Was it was Alex? It Alex? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> This is how old we wait, are. Wait, wait, wait. A week ago, we can't remember. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's ago. get let's get to our guest. Let's get to our guest today yeah. because uh, she's freaking out over there. I can tell she's freaking out. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome the lovely, the talented Jennifer Block DeLuca. Yay. Welcome to the show, Jan. Welcome, Jen. Yeah, hey. Hello. Hi. Great to see you. Don't Great to be see so you all. Shy. So, so. I hope Jen, you guys remember Jen, me at the end of the session. Did you forgot the last person? <laughs> <laughs> Jen, I will yeah. never ever forget you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so all the guests. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. You're special. You're special. I won't forget you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jen's special because we all know Jen. We all know Jen. The other guys do. Jen and I go way back on ships. Well, no, Eric, yeah, you, no, met, I, you, yeah, you handed so over. You hand, sort I, of handed I, over. It's funny because I always felt like I knew Jen before I even met Jen because I heard so many stories from Cindy Clark and Mike Webster. They couldn't stop talking about Jen. And uh, when they we worked together on The Majesty with those two. And we never really crossed paths that I can remember until... Sun Viking, when I sort of handed over, I gave her the keys and went on vacation for two weeks and just took, you know, ship tours and like the entire two weeks. I think I was there like on sea days was the only days that I was 
in the office. But yeah, I just remember, I just remember no. Jen is the is the super hot purser that was super tan. Wow, you were super tan, yeah. weren't you? I was tan. You were yeah. you were pretty tan. We were like, she how come she doesn't get in trouble? Because you know we we actually <laughs> we actually got in trouble, real trouble, and banned for laying out. But when we had a we had a note from the captain that banned from the stage staff for laying out. You shouldn't you shouldn't have laid out naked. What? Well, I didn't lay out. We were too tan and they didn't think we were working and we got banned from laying out on the deck 13, whatever. Oh, well, they knew we were working the pursers because they knew exactly where to find us. Well, they knew where to find you guys too. No, not really. They were running around the ship here, there. And uh, (laughs) they had no idea what stage staff did back then. We barely did. (laughs) We were stuck at the desk or in the office. Yeah. yeah. We were working. And Eric and I pieced this together. Did you realize that... um, that Eric handed over to you on the Sun Viking and then you handed over to me on the Sun yep, Viking. Yeah. Absolutely. How long did you how long did you work on ships? Because I know I imagine you started around the same time we did with around 91. I started um well that was gonna be one of the things I talked about, but I started December 3rd, 1990. Okay. Oh, you were a little bit before us. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I um I was there through August of 1997. Yeah. Okay. Almost seven years, like six years yeah. and nine months or something like that. Pretty yeah. good, pretty good little run. How how does a how does a poor shy girl from Michigan oh, get on so get shy. on with one of the most glamorous no, jobs in guys, the world? Like literally, I was 20 years old. Okay, so I graduated high school. I knew I wanted to travel, so I went to travel school. Not what I wanted to do. Did not want to be a travel agent. So then I took a job as a flight attendant, oh, wow. and I was a flight attendant for nine months. I got furloughed because they went out of business. And then I applied to two cruise lines. I applied to Royal Caribbean and Carnival. And Royal Caribbean, what's his name? Mark something? Mark Grad. Mark Grad called me two days later. We did a phone interview. He said, okay, just for formality, I'm going to FedEx an application to you. Fill that out. Send it back to us. Fill out the application. Sent it back. And within a week, I was in Miami looking at it like that on the campus. Wow. Deer in the headlight, right. like 20 years old, never seen a cruise ship. Wait, a they hired you at 20? Shock. You didn't have to be 21 to work on board? I was 20. Wow. But yeah. they didn't hold that against me. I was allowed to drink. I know that that's hard for you to believe. I am shocked that they <laughs> allowed you actually, to drink. Actually, yeah, made me drink underage. Well, I think it was 18 wow. then. It was 18. I mean, no, on it ships, wasn't. it was on ships. It was 18, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was 21 because, oh. yeah. I think some of the islands no, were 18, I, but the ships, it was yeah. 21. Did you guys work with Brenda Bissonette? She was younger than I was. She was, wow. I think she was 19 when she wow. started. Because normally they allow like dancers and cadets to be on 21 because just the nature of the business with those, those jobs. What the freak is a cadet? Yeah. A cadet, like a deck cadet, like a, oh, okay. a deck officer or electrotech mm-hmm. or an officer so there it's part of their school and their trade they have to do like it's like an internship on a ship yeah, it's an internship. yeah. i knew some of the cast was was under i think the, the youngest cast that i remember was i think it just turned 17 or 18 like a week before they came on the ships yeah you had to be 18. yeah i turned 21 in um freeport freeport bahamas with blaze Ooh, that was exciting oh <laughs> blaze yeah. besides what was that bar in freeport trying to remember oh, okay memory. okay so so tell us a little bit bit about that first contract i mean 
did you immediately take to it? Was it frightening? Were you ready to go home after the first week? Wait, wait. Did you have a passport already? Yeah. I had a passport because I was a flight attendant. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was ready to go. Um, so what airline was it? Just really curious. Transcontinental Airlines. It was a super small airline. Um, it, they only had two planes. Oh, wow. And my, <laughs> Transcontinental yeah, it, it, it was like, two planes. I hated that job so much because I just wanted to travel. But my very first trip was to Hawaii. And then I was in Europe for a couple months. So, I mean, I that was great. I did not like the job. And then they furloughed by age. And I was the second youngest person. So I was the second person to go. So, so I'll never forget walking on board that ship. And the first person I met was uh, Dorothy Burtons. Did you guys work with her? Yes, yes. Dorothy is fantastic. Yes, yeah, Dutch. She was the first person crew. It was the Nordic Empress. I think they called it Biscayne Boulevard. Is that what they call it? I-95. And I'll never forget that walk down Biscayne Boulevard because I went to the, the crew purser's office and there's this you know line of people. She throws a bunch of uniforms at me. And I'm a fashionista and I'm like, none of this even matches. So I don't even understand like how I'm even supposed to put this together. But okay. So she throws this at me. She throws my um, life jacket at me and says, your, your cabin's down the hall, like down here. So I was like, so I packed way too much, of course, being, yeah. being me, which I still do to this day, walking down with the uniforms and the life jacket, trying to figure out where the heck I'm going and all lined up. On Biscayne Boulevard, as you know who, like all the Jamaicans, all the, you know, Caribbean guys, and they're all like, woohoo! They're like, I was, my eyes were this big around. Like you're walking past the construction zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I find my cabin and Elaine's there. Elaine Bretz was the second person I met. Oh yeah, Elaine. Elaine, yeah. who's gone. Um, uh... So she was my roommate and I was like, all right, what, what do I wear? Because this isn't, she's like, so she took me under her wing and we went up to the front desk. And then you know how it was, you guys remember, right? You had no name tag that said trainer. You had no, no help. It was just, there you go, <laughs> go out to the desk. And lines and lines of people wanted to change their reservation um, for the dining room. They wanted to know where the Windjammer Cafe was. They wanted to know where to sign up for a tour. Let me find out for you. So yeah, that was crazy. And then the ship was sailing away at, you know, five o'clock and Bob Tavadia was my uh, chief purser. And oh, yeah. he came out to the desk and said, okay, I'm taking a drink order and um, I'll have a Coke. You know, I'm only 20. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, 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 no. You are going to work for me. We drink alcohol on embarkation day. <laughs> so um, he, I got my little stupid pina colada. I think I ordered <laughs> That was it. That was my first uh, day and, you know, worked into the night. And Let me ask, I mean, since we have all persons here, do they, because we got thrown to the fire, everybody gets thrown to the fire. We had no idea what we were doing. Do they not even show you guys, when, when you do this and you come straight in, do they not even show you, well, here's how you punch a new key. And here's how you change a reservation. And here's the computer that does Nothing. this. They, and they handed me $20,000 in cash too, by the way. Yeah. You know, you come in the back office and they were like, oh, here, you're responsible for this. If you, this anything goes missing, you're responsible for this money. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. $20,000 <laughs> in cash. And out to the front desk you go. I want to say Mike Webster came on um, the following embarkation day. 
So maybe I came up because it was a three and 48 cruise. So I maybe came on a Friday and he came on a Monday or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you started like, three and four day cruises. That's brutal. Oh, that is rough. That's the only ship I did for almost two years. My first two years with Royal Oh Caribbean man. Was, when you got to a seven day ship, you must've been like, woo. And I was so pissed. I was like, get me out of here. So then they sent me to the, um, the Nordic Prince. I was only there for like six weeks. It was much better. So my first day was almost identical to that, except I got lucky enough to work like the check-in at the front, uh, at the the non-US check-in on the pier uh, instead of the front desk. But it was the same thing. And I did the same thing. And I ordered a Coke as well. I was of age, but I just thought, you know, I'm not supposed to drink while working. Right. And it was the exact same thing, different chief, different office. It's, but it's exactly exactly the same well then it was okay who's taking turns to go in the back and do shots while we're working and yeah. I, I, it was just, <laughs> I can't even like in my position now like i can't even like share any of those stories because i would fire everybody for that no. <laughs> let's not talk about my past oh my god i know what to look for i did it yeah right. exactly exactly no i mean yeah. the phone at the i my first ship was song of america and the phone it wasn't even like one of those like big phones that you had you know the the different handset the handset was the 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 the, the speaker but it, it would look like one of those that you used to hang on the wall you know with a really long cord that you used to pull around that was the 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 telephone at the front desk on song of america when i started i was like what the hell is going on here but don't you feel like it's it was great and obviously everyone's like oh i'm sure that's i feel like that's really the hardest i've ever worked now that covid hit that was a little different last year in my position but before that everything has been so easy for me um transitioning into hotels from that i just feel like it's just really prepared me for nothing is hard yeah I, <laughs> no i mean i, I agree know. i think that we worked really hard and we've talked to this about this a little bit on the program before is that this, this those type of jobs prepare you to handle just about anything because you have to kind of think on your feet you have to solve the problem you're in the middle of the ocean you have to you have to figure it out you can't just wait till tomorrow and say well i'm off you know the problem's gonna go away somebody else will deal with it uh no it, it stays and those people are on board for a while so they're not going anywhere not. you know yeah. yeah so you have to solve the problem so it really does prepare you to really think on your feet and uh and and figure it out sounds like uh sounds like it's time for a ship story you got one for us oh i think the legend of the okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. oh so. okay jeez deluca <laughs> <laughs> it's okay everybody forgets I'm Jennifer Block DeLuca, and this is my ship story. Legend of the Seas, 1995. Um, I traveled over to Saint-Nazaire, France to join the ship. At that time, I was the first person in Royal Caribbean to learn the new payroll system, and I was training how to pay the employees in the new payroll system. So they let me take out the legend, even though I went kind of as guest status and I wasn't technically one of the employees on board. Royal Caribbean had not brought a ship out in a long time. I don't know, three, four, five years. So it was the first ship in a while that they had built. Was that the first one after the Majesty? Yeah, it was the first vision class. I'm almost certain it was 95. Right. But I know I met Amanda in 96 because I was on the Sun Viking in 95. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't the legend because Amanda did. She brought a lot of those ships out. Yeah. So it might not have been the legend. It may have been the next one. That was insane because we walked on that ship in France and it wasn't done. 
it was nowhere near being done. The contractors, there were about 500 contractors still on board building the ship as we were like sailing across the Atlantic. None of the keys worked. Literally me and Gareth Owen were the only two people on board that had master keys. And we were running around the whole ship, letting people in their rooms and oh, telling no. them and telling them to um, keep your door open. But of course, they're travel agents. They have like expensive jewelry in their rooms and they're like all flipping out. Well, you can't go here because this isn't done. This isn't finished. They're still working on this. Wasn't this the same ship that and that crossing lost the golf park? They put a golf park up on. Yeah, it was insane. Um, but a funny story with this. And um, when the, you guys know Gareth Owen, right? Yes. I'll never forget <laughs> We were going to bring up Gareth. We were going to bring up Gareth Owen. So, so Gareth with his very you know posh accent, (laughs) he's talking to this guest who is just irate, and I don't know what it was about. Probably the fact that he couldn't get into his room and nobody could let him in because there were two people that had keys for whatever reason. I don't know why we couldn't make more keys, but he was just screaming you know gareth is just like you know and right at about the most perfect timing one of the tiles in the ceiling fell through and water just came down on this guy like <laughs> like a like a cascade of water on this guy i thought we were gonna die i mean because i'm not one that can really stop laughing when yeah. i'm in a situation like that i cannot hold it together i'm gonna laugh yeah. in your face yeah. I thought this, and, and Gareth <laughs> really held it together. But I mean, I'll never forget the look on his face. Just, <laughs> he's just screaming and screaming and screaming. This is the worst ship ever. And you guys are horrible. We hate you. You know how nasty they got. And just the water came down. And it was just kind it's of quiet. Instant karma. Instant karma. It was just kind of quiet. We all just kind of like, he kind of stomped away and looked at Gareth and was like, all right, then well, I'm going to go let some more people in their rooms or whatever I was doing at that time. They had to cancel Boston because we were going to go to Boston first. Um, but when we got to New York, I um, literally kissed the ground because I didn't know if we were going to make it because it was it, it was insane. Wow. So that was one of my stories. And it, so is that was that the roughest weather you've sailed in? Yeah, yeah I think you know, the, the I, I for us to the crossing ships, on the Majesty I, was really bad as well. Not I quite that on, bad. You know, it's one thing even, you know, when you go to Bermuda, you get rough waves or whatever, but you can see land. When you're in the, it was like the Titanic, you guys. It was like in the middle of the Atlantic, and you couldn't. You, we weren't island hopping. We weren't going to St. Thomas or St. wherever. You know, you couldn't see anything. Well, I remember it like in the Majesty, like like you were saying, like you know, you're doing that seven day crossing in four days. You can't see there. You can't mm-hmm. see anything. There's no land. There's no. If you go down, that's it. Like you know. Right. But yeah, it that's, was. That's I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was. It was a moment of okay, we made it. Why is it, do you guys think that people have such a, is it just the first to be on the ship? They want to be the first to be on the ship, but every single ship, every, the first passengers or even the crossing and stuff, it's, you know, part of the ship's not built. The stabilizers don't work. Everybody's getting used to this. All the waiters are new that, you know, half of the crew is new. They don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. And, and everything is just a, just a crazed house of shit. I mean, it takes a one, you need to have a really good team, like for a startup crew. And if you have people that haven't done that before, it's, it, it, you know, you're learning as you go and it makes it super challenging. You really need to have experienced teams. And I think all the lines kind of learned after a while that you need a core team 
of mm -hmm. people that always do this, of leaders that have done this before and they know how to do this. And so you don't bring out a new ship with an entire new leadership crew and a lot of crew that haven't done that before because it just it's very you different it's just a totally different experience yeah yeah that must that must have been part of the problem in, in that there was such a, a delay from the time that Royal Caribbean brought out the last new ship mm -hmm. until uh, until this one because we ran into a, a big problem later down the road after you left Jen in that we realized that um, when people started signing off after we we went um, to Alaska and did the Alaska run, did Hawaii, and then came back, almost every single waiter and cabin steward had the exact same contract. Oh, no. So <gasps> they were all set to sign off within weeks of each other. Oh my so God. we got we got to Mexico and we had hundreds of people signing off. <laughs> every day uh, okay so this was my job for a while at princess and so we knew and this is not having experienced people in the office as well right. because this is the sort of thing that happened you have these huge turnovers you had to space it out and you had to give people like really short contracts and really long contracts and kind of space them all out that first year to two years you're gonna get these big turnovers but if somebody in the office didn't know what they were doing and each department did not coordinate with the other. Not only did you have all the waiters sign up, but you had all the waiters, the cabin stewards, the cleaners, yeah. like uh, the entertainment <laughs> staff, like everybody, you know, you'd have like 150 people, 200 people yeah. sign off all on one day. And you're like, that's, that's like exactly what happened. The ship's staff oh is all gosh. going off uh, at once. It's yeah. like, yeah. That's exactly it, it, what it, happened. It makes sense because they're all signing on together. Yeah. They're yeah. all coming, tra traveling over there together, and they usually have about the same contract, right? Yeah, so right, that makes right. sense. But, but oh, that's, that you would have be to horrific. space it all out. Yeah. You have to space it all out. And somebody in the office was not paying attention to those mm. sign off dates. Let me get yeah. this in here before we get too far. But we realized we were coming in Ensenada, and there were like probably between 150 and 200 crew members signing off. That first time we went from Hawaii to Ensenada, not only that is that they had this bright idea of, you know, because we had come from Hawaii to Ensenada, they were going to bring passengers into San Diego and bust them down to, to Ensenada. And they realized that they had to have a, a non-US check-in person in San Diego. I was the only American purser at the time. So I, I not only had to do payroll for 150, 200 crew, but I had to be in San Diego to do the non-US check-in because I was the only one that could cross the border, work in San Diego and come back. So <laughs> I did like a 48 hour day where I stayed up all night, did the payroll, immediately left the office after I got payroll, got in a taxi, went to San Diego, did the non-US check-in in San Diego, got in a taxi, drove back, and then had to, of course, start my day. <laughs> I, I slept on the tax in the taxi on the way there and on the way back, but that was that was it. So Jen, let me let me ask you um, on your time on the uh, on on whichever ship, what 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 sort of shenanigans was going on with you guys in the office, playing uh, playing tricks or pranks or anybody, uh, you know, popping popcorn and killing the the whole. Well, I was once paid a hundred dollars to do a shot. A um, hundred dollars to do a shot. Yes, because 
this is the people that I was working with. And you'll understand when you hear this team, John Griffin, Jason Elgar, Marcus Pettifer, Gareth Owen, ah. Marianne Suter, myself. You got enough of them in there. Okay. Yeah. So That's it's pretty much like all trouble. those people were together. And there was one night um, we were on the splendor of the seas and we were all off. So we all decided to go out in Venice. That was the night that John Griffin fell in that nasty water. He decided that he was going to jump on the gondola and Gareth pushed him and into the water he went. And then he got out and he, and I actually had just, I'm very ladylike and decided that I was going to take a piss in the middle of uh, St. Mark's Square. <laughs> oh, that's so classy. I know this. Um, anyway, so we, we were a little drunk. Um, I think John got stitches that night because he wiped out and had to get stitches in his head. Morning. Oh, Gary Davies. He was the other one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next morning, I was first person um, guest services. So I had to get there to clear the ship. So I don't think I ever went to bed. And Gareth and Gary told me that they would pay me $50 each because I was still drunk from the night before um, <laughs> to have, I think, a, a Jagdmeister maybe? An aquavit? Something nasty. Uh, and I'm, you guys know me. I'm so like, bad. well, I can do that. <laughs> so of course I did it because I wanted my hundred bucks and then promptly excused myself, went in the bathroom and threw it up. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was a crazy night. That was one of the craziest nights. We got kicked out at every bar we went in. Oh, we wow. Surprise Brad wasn't there with you. <laughs> Brad, you no, were on I'm the just joking with us. because Brad has a history of getting thrown out of bars, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Russia. <laughs> well, let you me know, bring. I this. went to. I was in. Me and Brad went to the Shanghai Zoo. You remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. That was the nastiest place I have ever seen. Yes. I was so excited about seeing the cute little panda bears and all. They were all like malnourished and it was yeah, sad. it was bad. And then the restrooms. I can't even. I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, we've talked about I the restrooms. Can see that what that oh, was. No. This, this this was the restroom where they just had a a trough down the middle of the well in the men's it was just a trough it was just you walked in and there was just a tile floor Wait, but, with a trough but for number one and number two or just number yes. one that's or it. number two so in the ladies room oh, there no. were stalls but there were it was like a hole in the ground and you could uh -huh. everything was there oh okay. my no. god I, I still see it and still smell it and it was so the, so did they have good street food that was set up around the zoo <laughs> <laughs> I, was, it was, I was so disgusted we had no, to get out of there i mean again note to other people just be careful going to zoos in foreign countries <laughs> yes. because i went to a few in indonesia that were like i felt so bad for the animals it was just right. it was just terrible the only the one that was very good was singapore zoo was really good and they had a night zoo that you could go to and see like the nocturnal animals. That was really neat. Well, Singapore is so clean, you yes. know, it's so yes. clean. So that yeah. one, not so much. Let me ask you this, Jen, do you remember this or if I'm just making this up in my head, but when we were doing that Asian run and that back office, well, I don't know if you were in the first purser back office, which was just a little hallway yeah, there. But in was Vietnam. first person on there or second person? I can't remember when I was on there. Well, you... I took over for you as a uh, first person supercharge. Yeah. First. Yeah. Supercharge. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but, that's right. but down by the purser's desk, they, the first purser packs was in that little hole there. 
And when you cleared the ship, and I did this for a while because uh, I I did this just for a little bit with Elaine Bretts because Elaine I took over for Elaine Bretts for a little while, but um, we would have to clear the ship. And in Vietnam, they wanted Johnny Walker Black. You had to have so many bottles of Johnny Walker Black, so we would requisition Johnny Walker Black, and we would just have them cases of it stacked up in the in the back office in case we needed more. So mm-hmm. whenever we had a party, of course, what do we do? We went to the back office, got Johnny Walker Black out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember this? So at almost every party, we were just like Johnny Walker Black. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> what ship was it that I was on that we did the um, the club with the hundred shots? Century Club. Uh, Century Club, but we thought we'd be smart and do it with Moe. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I I have never seen so many drunk and sick people in my entire oh. life. We did 100 shots of champagne. Oh, no. In 100 minutes. Okay. I thought I did bad by choosing uh, Heineken over light beer, and that was rough, <laughs> but that's nothing compared to Moe. Ugh, like, no. You, oh. Were you doing with this with Pecky Mc... Peggy McLeod, because I think um, Peggy mentioned this, that, that the first time she tried to do it was with champagne. I think Peggy, of course. Yeah, I think Peggy was there. Yeah, Peggy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely Marcus, because he made us the crew passes that said that we're part of the Century Club. <laughs> hey, in your, in your times and stuff, assured you ever missed a ship or almost missed a ship? I only missed it one time, but it wasn't my fault because I missed a flight. I was flying into Europe. I was flying into Norway and my flight was late, so I didn't make the ship, so I had to to go to Stockholm or something to meet the ship. But I will say in my very first ship, and I don't know like if other people share these drunken stories, but I just have so many of them. Um, yeah, let's hear another one. Do. Let's hear another yeah. one. Yeah, we all do. Um, we all do. Okay, so Bob Tavadia, Chief Purser, my very first ship, Nordic Empress with Cindy Clark, Julie Rolleman now. I don't know. Newman? Yes. I th- yes, yes that's Newman. right. Yeah. No, I'm friends with her. I just can't remember her main name. When we were in um, the Bahamas, we were in NASA, you had those like later split ships, right? So... Julie worked like nine to nine to 12, nine to 12. And Cindy worked eight to 12, eight to 12. And I worked like the seven to 10, five to eight. So the three of us were off in the afternoon and it was like, all right, well, let's go on the yellow bird tour. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't drink that much because I have to be back at five o'clock. Right. Famous last word. So the last thing I remember <laughs> is falling off the banana boat, me and Cindy and Julie, <laughs> all three of us. That's the last thing I remember. The next thing I remember is Mike Webster in my cabin, Jen, you're supposed to be at the desk. You're supposed to be at the desk. You're going to wake up. Oh, okay. So I go running upstairs. You know, I had big hair back then, you know, big hair been in the ocean all day, whatever. Um, I broke my toe somehow. Still don't know how to this day. So I'm standing at the desk and all the guests are like, oh, you're the one that won the limbo contest. Um, I had a tattoo, had a, like a, a temporary <laughs> tattoo right here. So I was like, oh, all right. Not sure that either. The next person to come in was, um, I think, Julie, who was the most sober out of the three of us. So Julie gets up there and, and, and I'm like pulling it together and, and she gets up there and, and she's like, pretty good but then here comes cindy did have the decency to get up and take a shower but like she came up and her hair was just soaking wet like just dripping like she got out of the shower and put her uniform on and she's like okay i'm here and like that's not holding you know cindy right so it's just me cindy actually i think i was getting off the time that cindy got so mike is in the back office like combing her hair 
trying to put her together. I think Cindy was drunk like for two days after that. I left and went and crashed in our cabin and was out for the rest of the night. And I think Cindy got off work at midnight and was like up in the disco and like carried on for like the next two days. Cindy's been on the show, so go listen to her episode. I think she alludes to this. Hey, uh, this is my favorite part of the show. I apologize in advance, but I got a two-question part, two-part question to ask, ask you. Okay. Did you ever hook up with a passenger, or where's the craziest place that you've done it on the ship? Uh, passenger, no. Craziest place in the engine room. Wow. I think you're the first one that has uh, said engine room. Yeah. We, ha- we, had laundry room. So. we had laundry room a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> But not an engine room. Not oh yeah, we need a we need an engineer to to come on the show. We we haven't had an engineer just yet. Yeah. Was it? I was, how was, I was it? Loud. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be detailed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> so if you had like, why one... don't you guys share with me? I'm supposed to be the only. Oh, because we've already shared. You have we to do. listen to our. We episodes. do this every week. Yeah. So I'll tell you mine. Mine is was on the deck. I think it was deck ten outside the nightclub. There was like a little door that was like to a balcony to nowhere that nobody knew about, and so I did it out there. Well, I've never... done it out there. I did it out there. Stevie B has done it out. But there. it was on the Majesty, so on I think I was Majesty. the first one to christen that space. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I I never got laid on the ship, so I'm I'm out of this conversation. I don't feel like the pressers did. I mean, other than Bob, Bob Tavati. <laughs> Every week was so different. Took his he took his glasses off and lost contact lens. Oh man, yeah. I mean, there was a few pursers that were kind of that did that. I don't like. Again, I always hung out with persons that we always just hung out with crew all the time. So yeah, I did. I didn't really yeah, mix ever really mix. Yeah, with that passengers. was so fun. Let's go play Scrabble. <laughs> I did get a written warning. Hey, it was oh, so Me and Marcus Pettifer and Amanda White. It was Amanda White. It was it was a double celebration for her because she got promoted and she also um, it was her birthday. We were on the Song of America. We were out and we didn't want to meet curfew. At one point, I think the three of us were on the dance floor, like whipping our jackets over our head like this. So um, the staff captain called us in the next day and, and wrote us up. Oh, yeah, oh, that's wow. the only written warning I've ever gotten my whole entire life. Do you have another story that you want to share with us? The last ship I worked on was actually was a little bit of a nightmare because it was the uh, Rhapsody. Um, Did you bring Rick that and went out? Yeah, Rick Chatterton was the chief. I was first okay. person. Um, PAC. So I think it was already first person guest relations or whatever they called it then. So the last two weeks that I worked for Royal Caribbean was really bad because Shoreside gave them all letters that said, okay, we're going to give everybody a a credit, $2,500 or something. Didn't matter if they were deck two inside or, you know, at the top in a suite, they got all that got the same amount. Didn't tell them that we weren't, we were, we weren't going through the inner passage. Like they, we were going on the outer so they wouldn't see they weren't really cruising Alaska. I just had to stand at the desk because people were just irate. Out of all the places thing. that you have gone, where where you would you say that your favorite port is and why and your least port? Least favorite port and favorite port? Besides oh, man. Freeport. That's so hard to answer. 
Okay, least favorite uh, Freeport or Nassau, as yeah, what I'm guessing say, you would say. Probably Freeport. It's hard to answer the favorite because, you know, I liked Venice, Italy. I'm a beachy person, but I liked going to Hong Kong. The biggest surprise, I think, was Vietnam because I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect with Vietnam. And when I walked off the ship, I was just so pleasantly surprised with Vietnam and just how nice the people were and how beautiful it was. I don't know what it's like now. That was so long ago, but it's really so many people ask me that. And it's so hard for me to answer that question because there's just so many cool places and they're so different that I don't know if I have a favorite. Vietnam really surprised me too. The same, I had the same issue. I thought like they were going to hate us. You know, you, you, all you hear about is, you know, all the issues with Vietnam. And obviously we grew up in a time like right after the Vietnam war or just the, you know, the tail end of it. Right. And so I expected the same thing. And I'll tell you the people were so friendly and so nice the place was beautiful. The food was so good and so mm -hmm. cheap. And honestly, to this day, one of the most beautiful sunsets I ever, ever saw was in, in Vietnam. And I'm looking right now at one of those black lacquer pictures mm -hmm. that they made that it, I think it cost me $5 and it's black and they took eggshells and they made two Asian women. It's hanging uh -huh. on my wall right now. It's the most beautiful thing. And I remember it was $4 and I handed her a five and said, keep it. And she was like, no, no, no. And ran down the streets of Vietnam to make sure I got my dollar <laughs> back because she didn't want me to overpay right. for something 30 years later, 30, more than 30 years later, I have in my living room. It's beautiful. Hmm. Wow. So I'd say Vietnam is like one of my favorite places. This is a good, this is a good time to wrap it up. Thanks so much, Jen, Thank you. for coming on. We're so Thank glad you, we Jen. finally got you. Thank you for finally coming on here. Thanks for It was so yeah, very me patient and Brad. pounding me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jen. Bye. Go Big Bye. Blue. <laughs> oh, I just love her. And it's just, oh, man. She's so sweet. She's so bubbly. And it's really Effervescent. weird. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like I know her so well. And I never, I barely even worked with her. And I just have just really fun memories of the short time we were together on board. We've got a really special podcast coming up soon, and hopefully it includes you. Our 100th episode is coming up pretty quick. So we wanted to have a group together. If you're a listener, if you're a previous guest, doesn't matter. We want to invite you to come on our 100th episode. Tell us a little bit about what you liked about our previous 99 episodes, maybe something that you remember by hearing someone else. Maybe you want to say something about uh, one of our previous guests, if you'd like to have them back on for season three. We want to hear from you. So come on the podcast. We're going to announce today. Join us on our 100th episode. Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast in video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!